the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Five zero baby. W two sixty two CP Bayonet Point. WTBN Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. So what should we do when someone verbally insults us? The height of humiliation. It's an affront to you. It just humiliates you. It destroys your your dignity. What should you do when someone verbally insults you, puts you down, makes you feel stupid in front of others? Even not in front of others, just makes you feel stupid. Someone just humiliates you. When we think someone owes us, the temptation for revenge is extreme. Some of us become blind to all other considerations. The story is told of a man who wanted to sue a destitute person who owed him the grand sum of two and a half dollars. He approached Abraham Lincoln, who was still a lawyer at the time. Lincoln tried unsuccessfully to dissuade the plaintiff. Eventually, Lincoln consented and told the man his fee would be ten dollars. Lincoln immediately gave half the money to the defendant, who said that he did indeed owe $2.50 to the plaintiff and agreed to pay it back right away. Lincoln's genius was amazing, but even more amazing was the fact that the plaintiff was happy with the results. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For more than 27 years, Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside, delivering expository messages that we can apply to our life situations. We have been studying the life of David and have come to the point in his life where David finds himself in a place where it would seem that he has the perfect opportunity to avenge himself upon King Saul for all the grief he has suffered as a result of the king's assaults. David was tempted, but he did not do what his men urged him to do. But as we will see today, he did more than he ought to have done. Let's see what he did, how he felt about it, and what we can learn from it. Here is Pastor Steve. Now, what do you do when you have the prospect of revenge? What what would you do here? Because each of us struggles with tempting thoughts about getting even with somebody. And we all have opportunities. Maybe you're not in a cave and you do anything like this, but you have opportunities to strike back verbally. You have opportunities to really sting somebody. And you know what? It's difficult enough when your own flesh is urging you to do this, let alone have people around you who are telling you, do it. Everybody does it. Look, they hurt you, you hurt them. And we all have people around us who do that. David had his 600 men telling him that. We, we, we all have people who will tell us, you're a fool to not get even with this guy, this woman. you got to be kidding. He's hurt you or she's hurt you, and you're not going to do anything about it? We all have that. 
That's what you have to resist. And you know what? It's easy to rationalize it. It's easy to rationalize retaliation. You've been hurt. You've been wronged. Justice should prevail. Yeah, but what we forget is that God says, I'll deal with justice. You're not capable of, of executing justice. You see, David could have rationalized, rationalized it this way. Look, who's this guy I think he is? I'm the, the chosen king. The people asked for him. God chose me. I'm the next king. I'm God's choice. Saul's a nobody. He's not even spiritual. We don't even know if the guy is saved. And then on top of that, rationalizing it, the flesh, as I said, David was encouraged by his, his men to just do it. You deserve it. You've got your rights. How often do we hear that? You've got your rights. How dare they do this to you? And at times, you know what? Sometimes it even looks too good to be true. Sometimes people open the door and it's so obvious that it would be a great opportunity to get revenge. Circumstances seem so great that it's hard to believe that, that it's not God's will to do it. That's the great danger of just letting circumstances determine the will of God. If David did that, he would have said, well, obviously, look at the circumstances. Of all the caves, the guy goes in here to go to the bathroom. See, that's what David's men were saying. David, God has obviously brought this about. Out of all the caves in Angedi, why? If God wasn't in this, would Saul choose to go to the bathroom in this cave? This isn't by chance, you know. David, you know the Lord. You know it's not by chance. And you know what? It wasn't by chance. God did sovereignly bring Saul to that cave, but not for David to retaliate. Now, how, do, how can I say that with such conviction? I know for a fact that Saul was brought there, but not for David to retaliate. And I'll tell you what, David knew that as well, and he would say it with the same conviction. Because the law of God, long before Romans 12 was written, the law of God, in fact, Paul quotes from, from this, in Deuteronomy 32, verse 35, we, we read the first instance where God says, vengeance doesn't belong to you. Deuteronomy 32, verse 35. Vengeance is mine and retribution. In due time, their foot will slip. For the day of their calamity is near, and the impending things are hastening upon them. That is to say, I'll take care of it. They won't always be on top. I'll deal with them, not you. It belongs to me. So listen, regardless of what people say to you, regardless of how you feel, regardless of the circumstances looking so ripe for vengeance, resist them. Resist them. That's a temptation to sin. That's just a temptation. It is always wrong to retaliate. Now, someone may say, wait a minute. How could it be always wrong to retaliate? The same law that you just quoted from, Steve, also says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And it does say that. Exodus 21 says that. Leviticus 24. Deuteronomy 19. Now, someone may say, isn't that a contradiction? Doesn't that teach personal retaliation? Well, let me explain. The purpose of this law, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, was to teach that the punishment of a crime was not to exceed the crime. It, this law did not encourage retaliation. It restrained personal vindictiveness. That was the purpose of it. Because it was given to, listen to this, not given to individuals to take the law into their own hands. It was given to the judges and the courts of Israel, Old Testament Israel, to be carried out by them, not angry vigilantes. And that's good. You know why? 
Because my natural tendency and your natural tendency isn't to just knock somebody's tooth out if they knock your tooth out. You want to rip their whole face off. That's exactly how we are. And so God, knowing our depraved, wicked nature, said, we're going to have a law that will control that urge. The law of of retaliation was put into the Old Testament to establish real justice in a court of law in Israel to eliminate personal vengeance. It forbid an individual from taking the law into his own hands to satisfy his own spirit of revenge. That's the point of it. It was up to the court system to administer justice, not individuals, because they couldn't do it. If the court determined that someone was guilty of poking out your eye, they then would take out the eye of that individual if it was on purpose, not you. Because you'd want to, as I said, rip their whole face off. Now, uh, that's how the law was supposed to work. That was the intention of it. But down through the years, human beings, being what they are, twisted this. The Jewish leaders of Israel twisted this law to mean that every man became his own court, became his own jury, his own judge, and his own executioner. They twisted it. In other words, they turned it into a license to retaliate. Now, having said that, that paves the way for you to put a bookmark in 1 Samuel 24 and then turn turn all the way in the New Testament to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be there for a while. I want you to see this in Matthew chapter 5, a very, very misunderstood portion of Scripture, but it ties in so beautifully with what we see in 1 Samuel 24. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord Jesus in this context is now uh, re-explaining to the Jewish people the, the divine interpretation of some Old Testament laws. He did not change the law. He simply explained this has been the purpose of the law all along. For example, the Pharisees said... Uh, that this is what they taught, thou shalt not murder, and we don't kill anybody, so we're okay. We're righteous. Jesus comes along and says, the Bible says, thou shalt not murder, but what you never have understood is that the purpose of that is not only murder outside, but it's murder in your heart. If you hate somebody in your heart, then God says, you've murdered. And so that's kind of the context. Jesus is not saying, this is what the law said, but I'm giving you a new interpretation. What he's saying is, this is what the law said. Let me clarify it for you. And now he he explains in verse 38 and 39, the law of retaliation. He just clarifies that. Verse 38 says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And that is what the law said. You've heard that. But I say to you, do not resist him who is evil, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. Uh, So Jesus now clarifies the true intent of the law. And he says in verse 38, do not resist him who is evil. Now that has to be explained in light of, of other scriptures. Our Lord is not talking about a general resistance to evil because we are to resist evil generally. Uh, In church discipline matters, if somebody brings disgrace on the Lord and they do not repent, the church is responsible to resist evil by disciplining that individual putting them out of the membership of the church. They're in it. They're they're no longer part of the church body unless they repent. That's resisting evil. We are to resist evil in false teaching. If someone is a false teacher, we're to resist evil. The Apostle Paul, remember in in, uh, Galatians, it says, 
Paul said, I stood up and I withstood Peter to the face. Peter was acting like a hypocrite when he was uh, uh, with Paul there and pretending that, uh, that the law, that, that, that Jewish people, Jewish people now under the law, and Paul said, no, Jewish believers, it's not right. And he withstood Peter to the face. That's called resisting evil and hypocrisy. Paul did that. How about when a crime is happening? You know what? If you're able to, you ought to resist that crime. And certainly you're to report that crime. Christian police officers have to resist evil. And so Jesus is not saying in general in society and in the church don't resist evil. No, what he's talking about is that we uh, shouldn't resist evil that's personally directed towards us. Resist it in general in society and the church, but not when it's a personal matter. In other words, don't try to get back at someone who does evil to you. That, that's what he means. That's what he says. And then Jesus gives an incredible illustration of, of what he meant, which unfortunately has been so misunderstood by a lot of people. He says in verse 39, but I say to you, do not resist him who is evil. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now, let me explain. He is not talking about if somebody's beating on you, that physically you say, oh, you took care of this side. Let me give you that side. He, he's not doing that. Even our Lord himself in John 18, when he was slapped, he was in the presence of the high priest. And one of the officers slapped Christ in the face. They didn't like the way he spoke to the high priest. Jesus did not say, here's the other side, do it. He did not mean literally if someone's pounding on you, let them pound on you and, uh, and then let them pound on the other side. No, if somebody's pounding on you, you defend yourself. You protect yourself. If somebody goes against me and goes to, to hit me, I'm going to protect myself. If somebody goes to do anything to my family and I'm able to, I'm going to protect them. He's not talking about that. Not talking about physical protection. Now, think with me for a moment. Visualize this in your mind. And you'll see what I mean. Most people are right-handed. Most people. If a right-handed person takes a swing at your face, think about the side of, of your face he's going to hit. He's going to hit your left cheek, not your right cheek. Jesus said here, whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. But that doesn't make sense. If, somebody, if he's talking about someone taking a punch at you, that's not, that's not the right cheek. He's going to hit your left cheek. Not your right cheek. What Christ, I believe, is talking about is one of the highest insults in the Middle East. In fact, it's one of the highest insults anywhere, but especially in the Middle East. When someone takes the back of their hand and slaps you across the face, that's when they're going to get your right cheek. Not like this, but like this. That is the height of, of humiliation. It's an affront to an individual's dignity. And I've told you this before. I remember when I was... Uh, uh, kid growing up that my brother who's eight years older than me slapped me in the face and uh, I was so insulted I punched him I just punched him in the mouth gave him a bloody lip and you know he never did that to me again never touched me that took care of it but you know what it's just embarrassing it's like you want to go oh, how could someone do that to you they slapped you in the face well that's what our Lord is talking about so what should we do when someone verbally insults us? That, that's his point. Not somebody comes along and uh, he's talking symbolically. They insult you. The height of humiliation. It's an affront to you. It, it just humiliates you. It destroys your, your dignity. 
What should you do when someone verbally insults you, puts you down, makes you feel stupid in front of others? Even it's not in front of others, just makes you feel stupid. Someone just humiliates you. Well, our natural inclination is to get back at them, to defend ourselves and insult them back. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what we do. And we usually don't grow out of it. It starts when we're, we're children and we just continue it. And we have put-downs. But Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And what he meant was that it's just a symbolic way of saying, don't fight back. Don't retaliate. Don't fire back insults. As I said, he's not referring to physically protecting yourself, but to protecting your wounded pride and ego. Isn't that the reason we, we want to get revenge? Don't defend your honor is what he's saying. I mean, let's face it. The only reason we really want to get back is because someone has wounded my pride. That's why I punched my brother. And that's why you want to get back at everybody. That's why I want to get back. That's where the flesh comes in. How dare you do this to me? You've made me feel small and insignificant. And I'm going to make you feel like that. That's what our Lord is saying. Don't do that. The point is this. The first principle of refusing to retaliate is resist it. Resist the urge. Will you ever be free from that urge? I don't think so. You have to go to heaven to be free of that. You die and you'll be free of that. But resist it. Resist the, the, the uh, flesh on the inside. Resist people on the outside who even Christians who don't know any better or they do know better and they're just disobedient, they're going to tell you, yeah, strike back. Yeah, you've been hurt. Uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Some have been given very poor advice by some well-meaning people who don't understand the Bible. And so resist pressure to retaliate. The second principle about refusing to retaliate when you feel like it is this. Repent from any form of retaliation. You need to turn back to 1 Samuel 24 for this. Repent, which means forsake sin. Turn away from it. Change your mind about it. A change of mind that, that involves a turning from it. Repent from any form of retaliation. Notice we left off at verse 4, the second part. After his men said to him, David, it's too good to be true. Saul is, is your man. Kill him. Then David, it said, arose and cut off the edge of Saul's robe secretly. That, that's why I say he probably was taking a nap. Apparently, while Saul was taking this little siesta, David came up behind him and quietly cut off the edge of Saul's robe. That's, that's what it said. But I want you to notice David's response to this, what, what you may think is a little act. Uh, you may think it's nothing. On the surface, it looks harmless. It looks insignificant. Like, who cares? You cut off a little part of his robe. You didn't, you didn't kill the guy. Verse 5 says this, it came about afterwards that David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the edge of Saul's robe. Isn't that odd? Why would David be bothered? He cut off the edge of his robe, like big deal. He could have taken a, a spear and thrust it through the guy. And, and Saul wouldn't have even been able to gag. I mean, that would have been it. Well, even though Saul wasn't killed by David, or I should say David didn't kill Saul, he, he still knew that what he did was wrong. You may say, well, what was so wrong about this? Well, this was a personal affront to the royal dignity of the king. This was a personal affront to the royal dignity of the king. It would be like you or me cutting off the tie of the president of the United States because he raised your taxes. You don't like that. 
or you don't like he's in favor of abortion, so you're going to cut part of his suit off. You're going to rip a sleeve off because you don't like what he's done. He's made life tough for you, so you're going to get back. You'll pull a button off his shirt. I mean, it's, it's like that. Rebellion against the God-given authority over him was what bothered David. Even though Saul was a horrible king, even though Saul was a carnal man, David was smitten in his heart because he personally rebelled against God's authority. Now, we may look at this and say, big deal. But David knew it was a big deal, and he was genuinely sorry for even the small act of vengeance. That's how sensitive we want to be. Notice verses 6 and 7. You see David's sensitivity. So he said to his men, far be it from me because of the Lord that I should do this thing to my Lord, my authority, my king. Called him the Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. And David persuaded his men with these words and did not allow them to rise up against Saul. Saul arose, left the cave and went on his way. David was smitten in his heart. I'm sure all of his men said, well, if you don't do it, we'll do it. David said, no, you you won't. He is the Lord's anointed. David was so sensitive to the sin that he confessed it. He confessed it not only to God, he confessed it to the men. I have sinned against the Lord's anointed. Now, this gives you some insight as to why God, with all of David's faults, called him a man after his own heart. A man who wanted to obey and had a desire to obey. And when he didn't obey, he confessed it and repented and dealt with it. And imagine, that's kind of humbling in front of, in front of 600 men. You're, you're a macho guy. You killed Goliath. And here you cut off a little piece of his skirt. And, uh, and you feel bad about it. That, that's kind of embarrassing. But David didn't care. David didn't care because he wanted to do what's right. So what is David's reaction to all this say to us? What are some of the lessons here that we can apply? Few. Number one, it says to us that we need to repent of every aspect of the desire to retaliate, even if you've never retaliated in a big way. Maybe a little way. Maybe you're passing somebody in the hallway who last week didn't say hi to you, so you know what? What a great opportunity. I'm not going to say hi to them. And you know what? Nobody even know about it, but you would and God would. That's wrong. That's wrong. Or somebody uh, uh, said something to you, and you know what? You're going to give them a biting remark. Maybe a year ago, they criticized you, and what a great opportunity now. You've sat in on something they've done, and you know what? They blew it. And now it's a great opportunity for you to, to really tell them a thing or two. How about just that poor attitude? How about those thoughts of retaliation? And maybe others don't know, but you know in your heart that if given the opportunity, you'd really get back. Or how about just that you've had these mental uh, conversations with people? You ever have that? Someone t- in your mind, you've won every debate. Well, they're going to say this. I'll tell them. I'll tell them a thing or two. And you know what? Every time I've ever had a mental conversation like that, where I've debated somebody in my mind, I always come out on top. Oh, I really make them look little and puny, and uh, boy, they won't tangle with me again. And, and you've conjured up this whole thing. Uh, You need to repent of that. You need to repent of that. We need to have, as David did, a very tender conscience that's sensitive to God's conviction. Vengeance is wrong. It's wrong, no matter what it is. A little bit of his robe, and David was confessing it to his men. So that's the first thing. Repent. You need to repent of every aspect of the desire to retaliate. 
Our time is running out for today, so Pastor Steve will move on to that second lesson on the next verse by verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is our teacher for this series of lessons about the life of David, a man after God's own heart. For more than 27 years, Pastor Steve has been serving as the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His Bible lessons come to the radio through the work of Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. You can hear today's lesson again or download the MP3 file by visiting our website, versebyverseradio.org. We also have hundreds of previous classes on the archives page. That address again is versebyverseradio.org. Today's class was the middle of a three-part message. If you would like to hear the entire message without announcements, you can order a CD or a cassette by calling us at 727-239-0306. Leave your name and a phone number, and we will call you back during regular office hours. Years ago, Sports Illustrated told about the $1,000 fine that Chicago Cubs outfielder Andre Dawson had to pay because he got a little carried away in disputing a strike called by umpire Joe West. On the memo line of the check, Dawson wrote, Donation for the Blind. Revenge can be very subtle sometimes, but sneaky revenge is just as sinful as brutal revenge. Next time on Verse by Verse, Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.